everybody to episode 12 of SMY.TV's Meet the Mets cast, where even the podcast is day-to-day. Rob Render, Matt Cerrone, Steve Hofstetter, we are your cast for the day. First up, here's our friendly weekly reminder that this show will be available as part of the SMY.TV Mets podcast feed, along with the Mets blog, Q&A cast, Feedback Friday, and other great Mets audio content. So search SNY Mets in the iPhone podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And definitely subscribe to the feed if you haven't already. Rate us and drop us a review. Well, guys, the team has played a little bit better over the last week, so we might actually have some positive stuff to talk about on this podcast. Yoenis Cespedes returned from the DL. That's one of the major causes for them playing a little bit better baseball. He hits a grand slam in Atlanta. He hits, uh, what was it, an RBI double yesterday, although it didn't mean anything because the Mets got blown out by the Cubs. But he's looked good in general. The one problem is he can't seem to stay in a full game. He still has this lingering issue with his legs. First, it goes from a hamstring to a quad, and that puts him on the DL, and then it turns into a heel issue, so he leaves his first game back uh, with the heel problem. I have really... I'm trying to remember back if there's been a guy who you can think of that was a prominent star that just couldn't stay on the field, that was constantly being lifted in the middle of games because of what they're calling game situation. You know, that if the team is getting blown out one way or another, we're taking that guy out of the game because goodness knows if we keep him in for another inning or two, he might blow out or something's going to happen where he's going to get hurt again. We're going to have to put him back on the DL. So we got to take him out for game situation. So Steve, I'll start with you. Uh, Have you ever been, uh, and I don't mean to, uh, you know, uh, expose you here in some weird way, but have you ever been so bad on stage where uh, it's gotten out of hand and the comedy club uh, owner or the director comes up to you and says, you know what, you're out of here. We, we got to take you I, out. I it's, think, it's 10 no, minutes no, early. no, no, hold on a second. That's not what happened with Cespedes. What happened with Cespedes is that he's so good that they didn't want to waste him in a blowout and they didn't want right. to risk him being injured in a blowout. But that said, that has happened, but it's not the comedy club owner. I've done that to myself. Like I've gotten, because there, there are times where you don't want to lose confidence in your jokes and you're like, oh, this crowd sucks so much that there's no reason to go on right now. And so, like, I, I, I got to I got to a show once, and there were there were six people there. They were all comics, and uh, and the booker goes, all right, you know, uh, you're gonna do three minutes. And I just looked at him, and I was like, I I think you may have misunderstood. And uh, he's like, yeah, you're gonna do three minutes. And I just said, I was like, do you have enough comics to cover that three minutes if I leave? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I mean, I'm leaving. <laughs> and oh, so I. Uh, I just booked it, and I did a show the next day instead. I wonder what the, like, equivalent is to what Cespedes did this week with, like, the heel injury where they had to take him out early. It's like, do you you, you pretend your voice isn't working really well? You can't speak into the microphone? (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I guess you can go in lots of different directions. You can say you're sick, which I am right now, you know, or you can, uh, you know, you can say, oh, sorry, I got to go early. I have a a date. And uh, most bookers will be like, oh, Godspeed, eat, pray, love. You know, so uh, whatever, whatever it is, as long as as long as you're not as long as people aren't there to see you specifically, like you're on part of a showcase show with a bunch of people, then missing it isn't a huge deal. Fair enough. Matt, uh, with your Q&A cast, uh, I know nobody knows Jeff Goldman. He's a guy behind the scenes that does all the production for our show and yours as well. Has Jeff ever cut you off in the middle of a Q&A cast and said, you know what? 
this is the worst thing ever. Uh, this Q&A cast is not going well. You're great. We need you fresh for the next one. So we're going to cut you right now. Wait, can we do that with this bit? <laughs> yeah, we can. Well, the good, yes. thi the good thing is I, I, I do that show myself, so it, it doesn't come up. But the, the, the thing with Cespedes, it's interesting, is that he's always wrapping that heel. Like, I, I think they're serious when, 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 when Terry said, like, he always sort of is dealing with that because, you know, think about, like, in spring training or, like, before any games. Like, it's, it's always, like, you know, they're always wrapping that heel. So, like, I don't know what the deal is with that. But, yeah, I mean, when they're up that many runs, you take them out. I just think it's it just concerns me so much because, like, I don't know. We, he hits a grand slam, then he's out, then he's back, then he's out. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, but I, I see, they, I see I, no problem. Rush him back, you know, like I just hope, I just hope they didn't rush him back. That's all. And, and I, I agree. I think it's the right move. It's just, it, you know, I just, I want to, it just makes me a little hesitant. That's all. I see no I, problem resting him. The, the idea that like Zach Wheeler gives up eight runs in less than two innings, you know, the game is over at that point. Like rest your stars. That's how it works. Right. right. I'm perfectly okay with that. I agree with you guys in general. Uh, I will say this. It is a major problem. His legs are a major problem. This isn't the first sure. year he's gone through this. It's now the second year in a row. And I don't know if it's the way he works out. I know he tried to change the workouts, it sounds like, when he was down in Florida rehabbing, that he might have a new stretching program that they've worked on developing with him. Uh, hopefully that helps a little bit. You know, maybe he's doing yoga now. I don't know. But whatever it is, he's so bulky and he's so strong and he is quick and fast. I, I can, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned. And I'm sure that, and we've seen this last couple of games where as he hits a ball that he knows is a guaranteed out, he's kind of strutting it down to first base. Most of the time I get pissed off when I see a baseball player do that. But when it's a guy like him, who's constantly having to worry about the leg injuries, I'm fine yeah, with it. Right. Um, so I, I hope he continues to do that. But in general, Matt, I, I think this is a major problem. I really do. I, I think they're going to have to watch him consistently the rest of the year. I think it has the potential to be a major problem. Yeah, I, and I, I don't think it's news to anybody either. You know, they could start by, look, it's, I think it's a little too early for this right now, but when they think about this team over the next few years, like fielding is going to be a big deal. So like they, they might be wise to get a better defensive center fielder, put Conforto in left, put, you know, Cespedes in right, have his arm out there, kind of shade over a little bit, give him a little bit less of a workout maybe, and, um, you know, back off him on some of these right. games. I mean, you take him out of a game and you're down 13 nothing, or you're up 13 nothing. I think those are the little things you're going to have to start seeing and then eventually trade him to the, the American League to be a DH at the end of his contract, right? Right, you might have to do that. <laughs> uh, so, guys, as we record the podcast today, the Mets, as we said earlier, have been winning a little bit. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. Still nine and a half games out in the division because the Nationals have been slumping this week a bit, so they gained a few games, actually, in the standings. I'm of the belief, and I, I still really do preach this, that in the wild card era, and especially in the two-team wild card era, you're never really out of it. Maybe up until the last month, month and a half, two months of the season, if you are just been, you know, you've been dismal, abysmal rather, and, and you're just awful, for the most part, you're going to be in a race for the second wild card. This is a team that's built to win and built to win now. And yes, they've suffered through injuries, but Steve, I... I don't think that they should give up yet. I, I still think it's too early to give up. I think a lot of fans think that they should give up and sell. And we talked about selling a little on last week's show. Um, but I, I'm not ready to give up. Are you ready to give up on the season? Uh, I'm absolutely not ready to give up. And also, it's another six weeks before you need to make that decision. And a whole lot can happen in that six weeks. And including whether or not, because, I mean, we had that amazing boost 
you know, Matt's Lugo and Cespedes come back and they're all three have great games right away. And so the question is, is that a fluke or is that going to happen another six times over the next six weeks? And if so, you buy. And if not, then you might sell. Fair enough. Uh, Matt, are you of the same thought? I mean, I, I want to talk about Dom Smith and Ahmed Rosario, and I think both those guys are important pieces, and maybe Ahmed Rosario should be up right now helping this team. That's the reason I want to see him, not because I want to think about the future. Uh, I know a lot of fans are, are probably thinking the other way. Do you think this season is over? I don't think so. I don't think it's over, but it's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be hard. hard. They've dug a pretty deep hole here, and they're going to have to go, you know, 60 and 40, somewhere around there in order to, you know, win 90 games and, and jump over these teams. And like, it's not completely impossible for them to do that by any means, uh, assuming, you, you know, these guys stay healthy. But I mean, you know, without Syndergaard, because you don't really know his deal. And I, I still have a feeling he may not be back this year. And if he is, it'll, you know, maybe be a month, six weeks. Uh, with the seat, you know, left in the season familiar, who knows his story. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy and to pull that off and, and have us, you know, five, 50, 600 winning percentage from now forward. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, do they give up and sell? We went over this uh, last couple shows. I still don't think regardless of the record that they do that just because of the market and what they can get for these guys. So, you know, I think we buckle up and, and, you know, you press forward and, and hope for the best. I mean, I really, I hate yeah. to say that, but I really think that's the situation they're in. I absolutely agree. Look, outside of the National League West, it's not really a great league. So, yeah, you're chasing the Diamondbacks still and the Rockies and Dodgers, and that's going to be tough, and it's going to be a, a three-team race, I think, or maybe even a four-team race to get those two wild-card spots. But I don't believe that the Diamondbacks are a great team. I, I really don't. And I don't know if the Rockies pitching is going to hold up and carry them the entire season. They have a great lineup, but I don't know if their pitching is, is good enough there. The National League Central, it's really not all that great. I mean, the Cubs haven't been all that awfully good. We have saw them the last couple of days at City Field. They looked good yesterday. They didn't look great the day before that. They've been a terrible road team. So I don't know if I'm a believer that they're just all of a sudden going to snap their fingers and turn around. Maybe they will. They have great talent. Nobody else in that division, in my opinion, Milwaukee as a division leader, they're not very good. Eventually, they're going to start selling some pieces. Sure. And, and I think fall out of the race. So and nobody but else in the National League East aside from the Nationals is all that great. But aside from all that, I mean, put all those teams aside. Just think of it in a vacuum. Like, do we think the three of us, like, I guess just go, like, do we think the Mets can be a 550, 600 winning percentage team over the next, you know, 95 or 100 well, I, games or whatever's left? They, they probably need to be better than that, don't they? Better than 600 winning percentage, I would think. They're 500, I mean, 500 now. Yeah, so. we're assuming we're assuming that some of those teams fall <laughs> apart. You know, that's the thing. We're, I mean, you figure 90 wins gets it. They got it, and that's around, I don't know, what is it, 16, 40, something like that, wherever they are. I mean, it's it's rough rough math, right? But, like, somewhere yeah, in that range. So, so, Steve, do you think I, that they could be that, that good? Steve, do you think they could um, be that good? I think it, it really depends on, it, you know, will Matt's hold up? Will, I mean, he's not a guy who's made it through a full season yet. You know, will will Lugo hold up? Will that curve continue to be what it was? Will Syndergaard come back in time? I mean, when you look at what they've been able to do with the team they have, you know, adding four potential all-stars to that team, yeah, absolutely I think they could. But are those guys going to be healthy or are they, are, are they going to be rushed back? Fair enough. 
All right. I think we're all kind of of the um, the same opinion, though, that they're not out of the race yet. So don't give up hope completely. It's it's really not at that point in the season, in the middle of June. There is a team, by the way, on the other side of New York. You might have heard of them. They're called the Yankees. They play in the Bronx at a place called Yankee Stadium. Uh, they have made a miraculous turnaround with their player development and bringing up young guys like Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez that have taken them from a team that was destined to sell off many of their big, expensive, older pieces, which they did. And we thought they'd be in a rebuilding phase for a few years. And that few years has been apparently trimmed to like one year because right away this Yankee team has become not just a contender, not just a division leader mm -hmm. right now, but they're really fun to watch. And I know a lot of Mets fans don't want to hear that, but if you're just a baseball fan, a baseball purist, you like watching good young players, Watching Gary Sanchez is is great, and watching Aaron Judge has been great. I, I'm wondering, um, Steve, we'll start with you. Are you jealous as a Met fan, angry, happy for them? You don't care whatsoever. What's your opinion of the Yankees right now? Look, I'm happy when any team comes back through their own farm system. Um, I'm annoyed that Aaron Judge was that far down in the draft, even if he had never touched a baseball before. You know, you, you look at a guy like that and you're like, yeah, that would that's that's a horse. We should probably we should probably draft that guy. So uh, am I am I annoyed that they're the ones that got him? Sure. Um, you know, but I think any team that can rely on young homegrown talent is, you know, good for them. Yeah. Matt, uh, your thoughts on the Yanks? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. My, my only thing is much like we were just saying with the Mets, you know, I think the sort of the inverse applies to the Yankees in that it's a young team. And we've seen with previous Met teams that were kind of coming through the rebuild and looking good early in a season. You see it all across baseball all the time. And some of the teams that we're talking about right now, the Brewers and, 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 and the Diamondbacks, like they still have to get through the full season with kids that haven't really done that entirely yet. You know, does Aaron Judge, you know, for all of his power and everything, does he know how to maintain his body and, and success over the course of 162 games without, yeah, but, you know, but as a Met fan, are you. Are, are you happy to see him hitting all those home runs, no, though? As a Mets fan, I'm, does it matter to you? Of course I'm not happy to see someone on the Yankees, you know, dominating baseball. What I'm saying is he's dominated baseball for a couple months, and, you know, that's happened before with a lot of teams, including the Yankees. And, like, will that happen over the full season? I don't know. And, and so in terms of the Yankees, I'm fine letting it kind of play out. It, it is frustrating because, like, you know, uh, yet again, with the Mets, we thought like, oh, OK, this is our time to kind of take back New York, et cetera, et cetera. And now here come the Yankees again. Now, even if they do kind of fall apart, clearly their future is in a good spot. So like that sucks. Yeah. And yeah. but it is what it is like, you know, maybe they get back to Subway Series again. That would be kind of cool. So who knows? That would. I agree with you. And, you know, as far as my opinion goes. I first of all, I'm a baseball fan first, so I, I love the Mets and I grew up a Mets fan and I want the Mets to succeed. I was never the kind of guy that hated another team, especially not out of the league and out of the division. So I never hated the Yankees as a kid. You know, I right. was always the kind of guy that didn't like the Braves all that much because the Braves used to beat up on the Mets constantly when I was younger. Um, and sometimes well, they still do. Uh, but I never hated the Yankees. So I don't yeah. look across town and say, ah, well, you know, yeah, the, the Yankees are doing well and that stinks for us. I, I don't think so. I don't care. I well, care more about the Mets succeeding than the Yankees failing. There's a distinct difference between, at least this is how I always look at this. And I, and, and keep in mind now I'm married to and live with a Yankee fan. So, oh, you know, I didn't know she, that. yeah. My, so, and, and, and she, you know, knows the history and she takes pride in it and wears Mariano Rivera jerseys and, and it's not. So 
and I'm surrounded by Yankee fans. It's the way I always look at it is I don't really hate the Yankees so much. It's just that Yankee fans drive me crazy sometimes with their <laughs> success and the talk of the rings and all this other nonsense. And like, it's a same, you know, so like when the Yankees played the Phillies, I actually was rooting for the Phillies because like as obnoxious and annoying as it would be to know that the Phillies won a world series, I wouldn't have to, I don't know any Philly fans around. They don't live next door. I don't have one in, in the bed next to me. So like, you know, if the Yankees, when I got to listen to them, they're nonsense for the next, you know, year. So like, to me, it has more to do with dealing with Yankee fans and dealing with, you know, Giants fans. I'm a Jets fan and like that kind of stuff. Then it does the actual organization. Like, what do I care if they win? It doesn't really bother me. It's just right. that I have to listen to their nonsense well, for the next year. That's what drives me nuts. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see the Yankees be just okay for a while. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. like just the, the idea of like having a Yankee fan understand what it means to finish in third place for 10 consecutive years and to, you know, to, to understand that whole, like, get your hopes up a little bit to have the conversation. Should we be buyers or should we be sellers? What should we do? You know, that, that kind of thing would be, would be nice just so that they can feel the pain that we felt. I'm not wishing them pain. I'm wishing them, compassion gotcha. and i think there's, of, there's the difference in, instead of having a masterful turnaround which is what exactly what they've had at least to this point uh all right let's get off the yankees please for just a little bit because uh, i'm starting to sweat here uh six-man rotation if there's something positive about what we've seen out of the mets the last week or so guys it's been the pitching pitching has been really good except for zach wheeler yesterday against the cubs uh, the pitching, for the most part, has been excellent. So the, the fact that they're thinking about going to a six-man rotation means that they feel like they have six able-bodied, excellent starting pitchers. Uh, look, I don't know if they're that good, but, Matt, uh, the fact that they are going to this six-man at least makes you think, well, maybe they're they're pretty decent and healthy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wheeler's start, most recent start aside the one concern I have, and it's the one concern I have with the, with the six man rotation, is that they've been the starting pitchers for the most part have been pitching pretty well. So like I'd hate to mess with that rhythm if they're finally sort of settling in and, and looking strong. Uh, at the same time, uh, the five man also gives you an extra arm in the bullpen. You know, you get Gazelman or whoever if it's going to be Lugo, whatever they're going to do with the extra arm. So like I'd almost rather just kind of roll with the five man rotation. Um, the only problem is that you know when you the five guys, it's, you know, none of them seem to throw deep into games, you know, recent outings aside. So, like, you got to rely on the bullpen. So, I mean, I don't think there's a really clear-cut answer. Just for me, they're playing well. So, like, why mess with something? Well, I Fair got enough. an idea. I got an idea. If we do a five-man rotation, we take Kazalman, because what would he do? He would, throw, he would throw five to seven innings every six days if we have a six-man. So why don't we just give him an inning every day from that – awfulness that needs to be eaten up and we kind of have the rotation we just do it a little differently hell he could have the first inning you know well, <laughs> just give him i'm not i'm obviously that's a joke but the yeah, idea, no, no, idea i being, know the idea being the like let's just make the games one inning shorter for the starters and have five of them go like i don't our problem is not the starters our problem is the bullpen I think you're going to, you know, it's funny. I just had a conversation with two guys in two different organizations, uh, player development, talking about the draft. And they were saying, because I'm always interested in sort of the, the philosophies and sort of the market shifts in the draft, because it sort of dictates where things might go like a few years later in the free agency and stuff. So, um, and they were saying to me, there was this heavy emphasis, and you saw this with the Mets, drafting college relievers, guys that can, you know, get drafted and within two years be in the big leagues, throwing two, three innings at a clip, 
uh, you know, mid-90s, upper-90s. And because all of a sudden now everybody wants Andrew Miller, everybody wants, you know, multiple inning relievers, young guys that they can now use to sort of bump up their starting pitchers because none of the starting pitchers anywhere are going deep in games. And so, like, the veteran, reliable veteran reliever is, like, I think maybe going away a little bit. And it's the emphasis is going to be on these kids that can throw two, three, maybe even four innings at a time. And so to your point, Steve, like, who knows? <laughs> you may get a situation where somebody can be like, hey, we're going to use two pitchers every night or who knows what's going to go on. Right. But like, I think they're thinking a little bit more in terms of that kind of guy, which, you know, thank you, Andrew Miller, I guess. Right. Not, and not just Andrew Miller. The Cincinnati Reds have been at the forefront yes. of that as well with Rysel Iglesias and uh, Michael Lorenzen. They use those guys three innings, usually two innings at least yep. every time they come into the game. And I like that. Yep. I like it a lot. Uh, and it's hard I, yeah, to get a guy, it's hard to get a guy, even like Gazelman, a guy that's 25, 26, to make that change. I haven't been doing it for 10 years, but a kid that's in college who's 21, 22, they're doing that anyway, given the schedule. Like I think maybe it makes a little bit more sense to just transition them into the minors and bring them up just doing what they do, which is, you know, every two days they're throwing two, three innings. It's crazy. All right, yeah. guys. Well, let's uh, let's hope for some more wins this week. Uh, I know that was about as positive a spin, I think, uh, on a team that's below <laughs> 500 as we could give for a podcast. Uh, Steve, uh, what's coming up? I know you're still in Canada. What do you have? Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in uh, Edmonton tonight, and then I have Toronto and Ottawa coming up this weekend. Uh, and then I'm, uh, I'm in L.A. a bunch and all over Europe. So uh, yeah. check me out. You can ask me questions about the Mets after the show i'll give you my snarky responses yeah there you go your travel agent must love you matt what's going on uh, with you uh, i have a uh, my first ever book signing this friday which i have this feeling like no one's going to go to because it's during a mets game i don't know why they scheduled it at seven <laughs> o'clock when there's a game on at home but whatever at, at any rate um maybe that's good i can uh you know, practice and see how it goes uh, a few people that go but yeah it's it um it's in east chester new york and if you go to matthewstrone.com slash book, you can get details on it to the Barnes and Noble. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've never done that before, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to uh, sort of sign some of these Mets books and uh, talk a little bit about it. Wait, can that I just interject cool. real quick? Yeah, uh, go. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, Thanks. as someone who has done many, many book signings, uh, bring something to do. Yeah, I know. I bet. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll listen to the Mets game, apparently, because it's at that time. That's right. Anybody that shows up, watch or listen to the Mets game with Matt. He'll at least have a transistor radio there and you can watch it together. There's a, you know, that's a story. People love that. Uh, thanks to Jeff and everybody else back in the SMY studios. We will see you next week. Once again, uh, before we get going, find us on the SMY.TV Mets podcast feed. Search SNY Mets in the iPhone podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. That's it, folks. We'll see you next week. <laughs>